0: Hit well, into a center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here. Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run. At the plate is Mike Trout. The pitch on its way. It's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning. This
1: is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush.
2: What's going on? Hello and welcome to the Angels Recap Podcast. My name is Trent Rush. Excited to be with you. I do want to say I apologize uh, for being a couple of days late. We like to get this podcast out on Wednesdays, but uh, I was uh, placed on the IL this week. It was a tough week for me. I had four wisdom teeth pulled in an emergency procedure, which I very much did not see coming. Yeah, I went in for, I thought was going to be a cavity. Turns out they ended up pulling four teeth. So uh, that sidelined me a little bit this week, but uh, glad to be back. Feeling better now. Uh, got the got the Advil and the Tylenol kicking in. So uh, feeling good enough to do the podcast here today. So I appreciate uh, your guys' patience uh, by waiting a couple extra days uh, for us to be able to talk about some Angels baseball because uh, I tell you what, that was like kind of the one thing while I'm sitting at home and, and not really able to do too much, uh, I was able to watch some great Angels baseball out there in the desert and I tell you what, I'm liking the way this team is looking so far. There have been uh, some bright spots. Obviously there's areas that want to get cleaned up on. I mean, there was the game just the other day where Griffin Canning, like mixed bag day. Strikes out five, but you know, Angels gave up a run in each of the first seven innings. So there are things that the Angels absolutely have to work on for sure, but we are very early in camp and all indications are, I would I would think that the Angels are probably feeling a little bit like they're a, more ahead of schedule uh, than, than maybe what they would have thought coming into camp. I don't know. It just kind of seems that way. Uh, kind of the performances that you're looking for, it seems like guys are a little bit ahead, at least of where I thought they were going to be uh, at this point in camp. Okay, we got a very busy show here today. Um, we're going to we're, we're recording this before Shohei Otani's spring pitching debut, so we are going to talk about his hitting. Now we're going to talk about some of the young aces uh, that are hopefully rising through this Angel system. Certainly some fun pitching prospects in the Angel system, and and that's something we haven't been able to say for a while. But the Angels have that in a legitimate way. Now we're going to check in with Albert Pools coming up a little bit later on. But I, I want to. First, start off with just getting some of Joe Madden's initial impressions of spring training to this point.
1: Right now, we just I just we had our morning Zoom. I was talking to the coaches. Um, the one thing I'm loving most about this, um, I, I think you could all feel the energy and the enthusiasm of the group. I think success begins right there. There's such a great buy-in from the guys that have been here, veteran-wise, combined with the guys that have come in. It's been a pretty uh, immediately obvious good marriage. So it starts right there. Um, you can't be, we couldn't be successful as a group um, this year had we not, if we don't nurture that kind of conceptually, those kind of thoughts, and we are. Um, and then you combine that with um, some pretty, pretty good players on top of that. I mean, it's not just, you can't just have a great vibe and have bad players and be successful. We have a great vibe with great players. Now, to me, the key is going to be, how we attack the mound, the pitching component of this, how we successfully turn the page and create this new chapter, several chapters in regards to angel pitching starting from 2021 forward and how it becomes uh, an annual thing where people look to us um, regarding our pitching staff and how we develop pitchers and and our methods and uh, the defense behind them. Everybody loves our offense and I do too, but I we're not going anywhere unless we really understand pitching and defense conceptually and actually. And once we do, that's when we're going to take off. So a big part of this camp for me is pounding on things like that with the staff observations. Yeah. All the minutiae of the game when it comes to offense and and, and uh, our, our players and then obviously the defense, but the big thing is the, the did Gene mock talk about the electricity between the, the, the pitching river and home plate that's 60 feet six inches that's really that's what's going to permit us to be successful that if we command I talk about respecting 90 we need to command 60 feet six inches for us to be highly uh, pertinent this year and that's it because I like the team a lot I like the names a lot I like the pitchers' names a lot it's more than we've been given credit for but we've got to go out there and execute uh, a simple game plan that we uh, kind of get redundant with in a good way and everybody buys into And that's what we're working on right now.
2: You know, I think Joe Madden pointing out right there what we've all been talking about. The Angels got to be able to pitch. And, you know... I'm telling you, if this Angels team can be an average pitching staff, if they can be a a league average rotation, maybe a slightly above league average bullpen, with this lineup, the Angels have a chance to have a really special season. I'm telling you, I think the division's down. And now with the news from uh, Houston that that Frambois Valdez has a a broken finger on his pitching hand, I mean, this is a gettable division. No, no division is easy in baseball, but I think that this one in the AL West is going to be highly competitive, but pretty balanced. I mean, I'm looking at Houston, I'm looking at Oakland, I'm looking at the Angels, and I'm thinking all those teams are probably going to be better than a 500, but I don't know that any of them get to 90 wins. It's just kind of hard to say. Maybe that changes. I don't know, but I think the Angels have a chance to really win this division, and I think it's going to be very exciting to see how competitive it it is. I think it's going to come down to the final weekend. I I think the Angels absolutely have a chance to win this division, and you know, Seattle has some exciting young players. I actually kind of like some of the young players, particularly on the pitching side, with the Texas Rangers. I think they have some guys that are coming up, probably not quite MLB ready Yet, but you know they have some exciting players. So I look at this American League West division, and while I, I don't see a runaway favorite here, I think that you know this is as good a chance as ever for the Angels to win this division. And I, I think that with Houston and Oakland coming back a little bit, and the Angels getting a little bit better, I think that there's a real opportunity uh, here for this Angels team. You know, one thing Joe Madden has really. Harped on really since the beginning of camp, and and quite honestly, really since when he took the job uh, back in, in 2019, as long ago as that sounds, in October of 2019. I Joe Matt has, has talked about playing an Angels brand of baseball, changing the style up, uh, wanting to play a more 80s style game, kind of a throwback fashion, put pressure on the bases all the time, constantly making the, the pitchers feel heat, whether that means you know trying to get first to third, trying to steal bases bunt situations, doing a lot of different things, just situational hitting, and then also having your sluggers like the Angels have, like with Mike Trout and Anthony Radone and Shohei Otani. So when you got a group like that... And you can have a team that's constantly going to make things difficult for pitchers. It's a brand of baseball we haven't seen a whole lot of as of late across MLB, but used to see it all the time. But Joe Madden is really harping on the Angels playing that style of play. And that's why I asked Joe Madden about how he feels this team is coming along with playing that Joe Madden Angels style that he's looking for. You, you've talked a lot about you know the new brand of baseball you want to see this team play. I just am kind of curious how you feel like that's progressing right now and how guys have, have kind of responded to that here through the first couple of weeks of camp. I
1: thought it's been going really well. Um, the work it's, a lot of it's based on our morning work and the drill work that we're uh, getting after going after and how the guys are responding to it. We have another thing set up for tomorrow that addresses uh, those kind of methods too. Uh, we just got to get, you know, get more, more opportunity in the game to try different things, and we will. I mean, this first week I've been a little bit apprehensive about pushing anything because, you know, this is the first week, guys getting in shape, limited at-bats uh, per game. We we have attempted a couple different things, but I want to start pushing it a bit as we get further. Uh, but the workout the workouts in the morning have been really good, uh, real adherence to fundamental stuff. The guys have responded greatly to it, so um, – I like where we're going right now.
2: All right, I want to shift gears now and talk about Shohei Ohtani because to me Shohei Ohtani is the piece for the Angels. He is that critical, I like to say X-factor, but I think he's more than that. I think that Shohei Ohtani is an essential piece to the Angels puzzle for this coming year because in some respects, the Angels are only going to go as far as Shohei Ohtani can take them. And I think there's a real chance that Ohtani could have an MVP caliber season. I saw the question asked on Twitter. I forget who it was asked to, but I ran across it and it was an interesting concept to me that if Otani was able to have 30 combined wins and home runs, would that make him an MVP candidate? And I think absolutely. If he was able to have, you know, let's say 10 wins and 20 home runs, would Otani be an MVP? Absolutely. He'd be an MVP candidate Then I think he could be in the mix for that. I mean, nobody's done that in 100 years. So if Shohei Otani can do that, uh, absolutely, and I think the Angels can have a ton of success. I mean, what that does to this Angels rotation when you have Shohei Otani at the top, throwing 100 miles an hour like he did in his most recent uh, bullpen that we heard about, and also hitting home runs like the other one from the other day, 468 feet. Are you kidding me? Shohei Otani can be incredible for the Angels. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what this guy can do because – it's just like he's been chomping at the bit to get right, and this seems like the first year that he has really been right. It, nothing has been easy for Shohei Ohtani, but even think back to 2018. You know, there was there was talk about the arm trouble even before he signed uh, with any MLB team, with the Angels uh, being the ones that the one that he chose. But at the same time, there were questions about um, his his arm and elbow ligament uh, before that, even. So he comes in 2018 as a rookie. Nobody had ever seen anything like him before. And... And it's a learning curve for everybody, trying to figure out the right way to handle Otani. trying to figure out the, the right way to use him as a pitcher and as a hitter. There's no book on that. There's no way to just figure that out. You have to kind of learn on the fly and get the experience uh, or get the knowledge through experience. It was, it was really the only way to do that with Shohei Otani. But Otani comes up and is put in these situations that he was able to have quite a bit of success with. Now, he had, it, was, it was awful in that 2018 spring training, but then comes up, started, the season and was great and ends up having a rookie of the year campaign Shohei otani was phenomenal that year but started dealing with injuries by the end there and ends up having the tommy john in 2019 i don't think he ever was right because he wasn't really the true two-way guy that he wanted to be and i think he was still even in 2020 i think still kind of might have had a little mental block and he might have been there physically but something in his brain i think told him maybe he wasn't and he was hesitant And when you're hesitant as an athlete, ask any athlete, when you are not 100% confident, man, that gets exposed real quick, particularly at this level. As talented as you might be, if you're not 100% confident, that gets exposed quickly. And it did for Shohei Ohtani. He, he wasn't right, really ever. At any point, I didn't think he was right in 2020 at the mound, at the plate. I think there were a lot of different things bothering him. Maybe it was the knee, maybe it was the elbow, maybe he's thinking too much about his health. You know, When the pitching wasn't going right, I think that affected his hitting. All those things, I, I thought, had an impact on Shohei Ohtani in 2020. Now it seems like we've hit the reset. And now you have Shohei Ohtani, basically at his age, now entering his prime. He's had a couple of years to figure out MLB. He knows how this level works, knows what goes on now. And he's been able to experience it. And now not only has 100% confidence in his ability – but he has 100% confidence in his body. He knows he's healthy. He knows he's feeling good. And man, what a difference that makes. I think that for any athletes, confidence is significant. But it seems to be maybe extra significant for Shohei Otani, who I think is feeling really good right now. And it showed just the other day with this big swing.
0: Full count, we'll see what gives again on Shohei. There goes Adele again, and Shohei blasts the ball into dead center field. That one's out by the batter's eye, and it clears the batter's eye. A home run and a bomb there by Shohei Otani. It's 420 to dead center, and he cleared the batter's eye. That batter's eye, maybe 40 feet high or so that was big time power right there tape measure home run by otani to dead center field and the angels lead increases it's now four to one
2: yeah tail the tape 468 feet on that blast and here's otani afterwards talking about why he's so encouraged by that swing
3: it's gonna lead to a lot of confidence definitely not just that swing but a whole lot better the way I was seeing the pitch while I was taking the pitch. I think there's a lot more room for growth, so I'm feeling good at this, good at this point.
2: Thanks to Ipe for translating there for us. Uh, as for what Joe Madden thought about uh, that home run for Shohei Otani, I mean, Joe's saying it's not whole hum but the Angels have been seeing this from Otani in camp.
1: That's what we've, what we've been seeing, even in regular batting practice. Um, better balance, uh, just a better, better overall approach. Uh, And that's a pitch that's normally been tough for him in the past, an elevated fastball, good velocity, got to it relatively easily. Uh, He's just doing so many things better. Uh, He's in a better place mentally, better place physically. And so, uh, of course, we're all commenting
2: about it in the dugout, but – that's what his work looks like. Now, as for Shohei the pitcher, this is fascinating. What the Angels are going to do with Otani this year is he's going to pitch in a normal six-man rotation. So it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to pitch on the same day each and every week. So like Shohei Sundays are now a thing of the past. But what's fascinating to me is that the Angels are really talking about – how significant it is for Otani to just be a baseball player. Joe Madden talked about this. Just relax, enjoy, have fun, like the game of baseball. And Joe had some really interesting comments for Otani. And this is a very strong change in approach, which I think is as fascinating of any story there is in baseball this year. Is watching Shohei Otani. Because the Angels had a very rigid approach with Otani before he had his set days, he had his rules or the limitations, and now it's complete one hundred and eighty for how the Angels are treating Shohei Otani. No more rules on that front. It's how does Shohei feel? And here's Joe explaining some of those rules.
1: Uh, That was Perry and I getting together uh, before we got here. We knew that we wanted to be very clear with uh, Shohei once he came into town. did want to float it to him uh, in the off season. We wanted to make sure that we had it, uh, had spoken through it, had talked about it in earnest uh, together. And the big thing was, is to put him in charge of his own career and not try to dictate so much to him. Um, permit his athleticism to take over and not constantly be concerned about getting hurt. So he's done this in the past. He knows that he should know himself better than we do. And I did not, And and Perry and I totally agreed on this. We did not want to create these limitations or set guidelines that uh, we don't know uh, would they would work or not. I mean, everybody gets hurt in this game at some point. And we're always concerned about creating rules that prevent injury. Um, I've always had a hard time with that. Uh, Back in the day and whether it's today, Marcel and I have um, talked about that years ago. Uh, Of course you want to prevent injury. And of course you want to do everything proactively in in advance of a moment so that you feel good about the player participating and being able to um, uh, not get hurt. A lot of that is individual. A lot of that is body type. That's a lot of that is how he's feeling internally. And that's where the conversation is going to come in. I have explained to him and uh, Ipe, we just need total, total transparency. How do you feel? What are you thinking? What do you think you can do today? That kind of stuff. And then uh, we'll we'll develop that conversation and trust that we'll try to make the best decisions. But I totally want Shohei, Perry does too, to be in charge of his own career. And you tell us how you're feeling and we'll try to make the best decisions afterward.
2: At this moment, we don't know what the right approach is going to be with Shohei Otani. But when I hear Joe Madden talk like that, I can't help but think, this is going to do wonders for this guy's career. I mean, now it's just up to Shohei. No one's making the rules for you when it comes to if he's going to hit before or after starts or how that's going to go. It's up to Otani. How does he feel? If he's able to do that, then he's going to be in. If it's the right matchup that you know that Joe likes, then Joe's going to put him in the lineup. It's all about how Shohei feels, and he now can take command of his career and he can make what this can be because. The potential for Shohei Ohtani is so great. And it is not a guarantee. I mean, there is no guarantee that this is all going to work. That is what is so interesting. I'm telling you, this to me is as interesting of a story as you're going to find across Major League Baseball this year. What Shohei Ohtani is going to be in 2021 is fascinating. And the Angels have a lot riding on Shohei Ohtani. But I I am super interested, super intrigued. And with Joe talking about this new approach with Ohtani – Here's what Joe thinks Otani, to this point has kind of thought about how things have gone really in camp this year.
1: I, I think he's having fun. I think he's having a lot of fun. I I don't see the same stress I saw on his face last year. Um, Listen, one of my most at the core of what I try to do here is to really permit or, or have players feel as though they have freedom to be themselves. And, in return from that, I think without even asking, you get even greater respect and discipline returned to you. He, I think, is enjoying the concept, concept of being free, to be Shohei and being more in charge of what he's doing out there. I think he's really digging on it. And with that, I, I believe you're gonna see a greater freedom in his game. And he's not gonna be concerned about either getting hurt or disappointing. Somebody's just gonna go play. He's gonna be, go play, be part of the group and, um, The other thing is this guy's a really good base runner that I don't want to shy away from just because he's pitching too. So that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a freedom about him. That's really fun to watch. And I, I mean, you could talk to him yourself, but I I really think uh, he likes this, this method and we'll continue to, to converse uh, constantly because he's a, he's easy to speak with and he pays wonderful. So um, I'm kind of liking where it's at right now. Uh, I think we all like that. Um, I think we all like to be heard. uh, and I don't want to just fabricate rules that I'm not certain are going to be best for him either, uh, regardless of what he's done in the past. I mean, he is part of this team and I want to, I want him to feel as though he's being treated like everybody else. The difference is that he could do two things, pitch and, and hit and 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 on a, on a level that's unusual to be on that high of a plane, uh, to be able to participate either as a player or as a, as a pitcher, that's where he separates. So, Again, just watch, talk, listen, and and try to make our best judgments. And regardless, like we he has pitched pretty much once a week. He's gonna do that anyway. I mean, if you're part of a six-man rotation, you have no choice. Uh, but so a lot of those patterns will be the same without having to artificially create those patterns. And then it would be up to us, like I said, it's not just you're pitching on a Sunday or a Monday. Uh, we want an off day after you pitch, we're just gonna let him pitch. And we'll react to it. And then, of course, I mean, there might be days to give him a day off as a hitter based on a matchup that day. Um, and so we could do different things there, too. So player Otani, difference is that you could hit and pitch. And then let's just uh, approach it on a daily basis and then try to make our best um, decisions.
2: I think of everything that Joe Madden has said since he's been the manager, that's been my favorite thing. shoe is having fun. I just say look out. I think that there is a situation in play here for Shohei Ohtani to really take off. The talent's there. Now it's the right situation. Enough time has gone by. I think the Angels have figured out what to do with Shohei Ohtani. And, and more importantly than that, I think Shohei Ohtani has figured out what he needs to do. Boy, this is, this is going to be really, really fun to watch this year. I do want to discuss some of the Angels' rising pitching prospects because it's been a long time since we've talked about rising pitching prospects. I mean, the last one for the Angels, uh, I mean, are we looking at Garrett Richards? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think back to like, you know, when the Angels had like legitimate pitching prospects coming up through the system. And the Angels, I think, have two right now in particular. And, and Hector Yawn might be there soon. But, but the two real legit ones we're seeing right now made their spring debuts in. Uh, in, a, in a night game on Tuesday night in Goodyear against Cincinnati Reds, Chris Rodriguez and Reed Detmers. The Chris Rodriguez story is just phenomenal to me. You're talking about somebody that came out of high school and has really dealt with injuries his whole career. He has risen through the system, but has thrown very few innings. And most of that trouble has been back trouble. And he was even describing some of that pain like he was. It felt like he was being poked with a knife in the back while he was trying to you know pitch through that. And he was good last year. He's never pitched above a ball. But Chris Rodriguez has had quite a bit of success, and the stuff has been there. And you've heard people talk about and rave about Chris Rodriguez for some time. And he was outstanding last year in uh, the Angels alternate training site at that camp in Long Beach, where he threw what he estimates were about 70 innings last year. And he, right now, is focused on getting innings, ramping up. And he's going a, to he's a start of the year in the minor leagues, probably in Triple I don't know. It's hard to say exactly where he's going to be. But Joe Maddon has talked about maybe Chris Rodriguez impacting the Angels' rotation at some point. But this stuff is legit. And he blew everybody away with coming into a, a situation in the third inning of that game, six pitches, six strikes. Uh, strikes out Joey Votto in the process gets two punch outs only two batters he'd face but you know what a significant milestone for him you know pitching really wearing an Angels uniform for the first time I mean he had been in the the Angels system but this time uh, making his his Cactus League debut doing so coming off the injuries coming off of so much hardship and what he has had to overcome is just significant and for Chris Rodriguez to be here at this point and feeling the way he did with some wipeout stuff I mean I was really impressed now The velo, the ball was coming out hot. It was moving a ton. And here's Chris Rodriguez on what that meant to him.
4: Like, a lot of people think, oh, it's, you know, it was your kind of first big league spring training game, all that stuff. But in reality, it was my first game with fans. It was my first game in two years where I was kind of letting everything out in a way and kind of uh, taking advantage of the moment. That's why it was so so big to me because it was more of a, hey, I'm back type of thing. Like, everybody – kind of when you're injured and you're rehabbing and stuff and you see all your teammates playing and you can't do a thing, um, it kind of sucks at times. So that game to me, it was more like, Hey, I'm here and I'm ready to help type of feeling. Friends, family, even my team teammates were super supportive. Um, and it was honestly a great feeling, especially the angels fans. I went on Twitter and everything was blowing up with excitement and stuff like that. And, you know, I see that type of stuff and I was super happy that, um, The Angels fans have that, you know, confidence in me and stuff. And, you know, I loved it. And I'm so thankful for every single person who reached out to me.
2: It's cool to hear that from Chris Rodriguez. I mean, here's the thing Chris Rodriguez is 22 years old. The closest he's gotten in major leagues for games that actually counts, he's had nine and a third innings of high A baseball. I mean, that, that's it. I mean, that, that's, that's all he has gotten because of all the injuries he's had to deal with. He's only thrown 77 and two-thirds innings in his career as a professional, and that's going back to 2016. And then he throws 70 innings, give or take, last year at the Angels alternate training site. But he talked about why that was so important for him to continue with his development.
4: Uh, last season, I'll say it was a mixture of both. You know, obviously, it was kind of my first taste of not my first taste, but it was a uh, them putting me into innings and into games and stuff for me to get my innings. Um, and it was a huge learning experience, to be honest. You know, in the minor leagues, you know, you face certain batters where you can get like if your stuff's not as good, you can get away with. But the type of hitters we had were up and down from the big leagues, and um, pitching to those guys every single day, they learn about your stuff, and you know, it gets harder to pitch them. So you really have to learn certain things. And honestly, it was a great group of guys also so they're able to give me a bunch of tips and stuff like that and when it comes to the strength the strength and the medical side you know it was kind of figuring out a routine where I can get through a whole entire season um with being with being healthy and getting stronger doing that and that's what basically last season was it was to kind of really get a feel for my body really get a feel for that full season um innings and all that stuff so yeah it was
2: great I mean, just think about the fact that he went from throwing against A-ball hitters to then having back surgery, and then he's facing guys like Jared Walsh in August and Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele. That's who he's facing. I mean, you're talking about guys that that are big league level or on the cusp of big league level when your previous experience was at high A. Now, you know, there's some talent at high A, but man, that's a big jump for Chris Rodriguez, especially coming off an injury, and he seems to have handled that really well, and and then he goes and gets Joey Votto in his first, you know, spring training game and strikes him out. I mean, that was just a phenomenal thing to see for Chris Rodriguez. It's, it's easy to see why fans are excited. Let's let him, let's not, you know, jump too far ahead here. He's 22, doesn't have a whole lot of experience, but the stuff is real, so you don't want to, you don't want to get too, too excited right now on Chris Rodriguez. Let's let him have a some time at the AAA level, uh, get some experience under his feet, and then uh, get to the big leagues, and uh, then he can have all kinds of success, because I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what this guy can do, and uh, we, we know that it's been a long time, so the Angels have had legitimate starting pitching prospects that are coming through the system that have really, really high ceilings, and Chris Rodriguez is one of those. I think Reed Detmers is one of those as well, and I loved what I saw from Reed Detmers in that same game. I mean, you're talking about a four-pitch leadoff walk, then a first-pitch groundout, out. First pitch pop out and then a three pitch strikeout. I mean, Reed Detmers, I mean you could tell, probably a little bit nervous coming in, first time in a in a major league kind of setting, in a cactus league game four-pitch walk to the first batter and then really bared down. I think that says a lot about his character. I think it also says a lot about his poise, that he was able to not let that four-pitch walk bother him and be able to find his rhythm while on the mound, not needing to, to have anybody come help him reset. He was able to do it on his own and then really bared down and finish strong. I loved what we saw from Reed Detmers right there. Again, it's just the beginning for him. He's the Angels' first-round pick from last summer. and I'm looking forward to seeing what this guy can do. I really think Chris Rodriguez and Reed Detmers have an opportunity to impact this Angels rotation at some point in 2021. Maybe it doesn't mean till the second half of the season because those guys probably need a little bit of time at the Triple A level before they come up to the major leagues. But man, these guys are close, and it is exciting, and I love watching their development. For me, this is the first time I'd gotten to see Reed Detmers. I had seen Chris Rodriguez uh, for like an inning or one outing at, at Single A, but I had not seen Reed Detmers, and I loved what we saw uh, for Reed Detmers. I mean, the big lefty. I mean, he's not throwing as hard as uh, Chris Rodriguez is, but you're also seeing just really quality stuff. I mean, he, he's got you know, I, I don't want to make comparisons, but I mean, my mind goes to a certain pitcher that's a, a pretty successful future Hall of Fame left-hander for another team in Southern California. I mean, it was kind of the where my mind went when I'm watching Reed Detmers. I don't want to, you know, raise the bar too high on Detmers, but there's a chance that uh, this guy can be special and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. He's got that big frame I mean that fastball is still coming in by 93 so that was good uh, to see and and here's Reed talking about his experience so far in camp and that first uh, opportunity he had in a big league setting
3: it was a little nerve-wracking just it was my first professional outing Um, I didn't really know what to expect kind of just went out there Um, I wasn't nervous at all until I stepped on the mound Um, and then once I got past the first batter, I was, I was completely fine. But yeah, it was a cool experience—experience uh, experience I'll never forget—and hopefully a lot more to come.
2: You talk about some of the nerves there. At the same time, you were able to work through that pretty well. What kind of changed for you where you were able to kind of bear down and get the next three?
3: Yeah, after that first batter, um, everything just kind of went away. Um, I, my heart slowed down. I was—I felt it felt normal. Um, so. Once I got that feeling back, I, I knew I was going to be fine. I just had to throw strikes and uh, things would happen. So that's kind of what I did.
2: You talk about playing catch with Chris Rodriguez, too. Obviously, these are you You and, and Chris are some of the players that I know Angels fans are really excited about coming up through the system. What's your guys' relationship like?
3: Uh, yeah, we're pretty close. Um, we're roommates. Um, yeah, we pretty much do everything together. Uh it, He's a, he's a, one of those guys that I, would, I can go to talk to anytime. Um, he can always come talk to me, uh, so we're pretty close.
2: And I know at, at Louisville that that was a, a situation where you, a, a lot of pro prep. I know that you know a lot of big leaguers come out of there, and there's a lot about you know learning how to be a professional in that environment. But what has been different for you now being in this environment and actually experiencing the major leagues that, that really is different from the college level.
3: Um. Kind of just like what I said earlier, uh, just preparing your body, um, learning how to prepare for your starts and in your off days, uh, leading up to a start. Um, I, that's been the biggest challenge for me. Just kind of seeing what's best for me in these on these certain days. Um, in college, that was all planned out for you; didn't really have a say for it. Um, here, it's your it's your career, so uh, you can figure it out on your own, and you can also ask for help and just kind of see what's best for you.
2: You know, I think it's pretty cool that Reed Detmers and Chris Rodriguez are roommates. I, I think that that can be really good for their development, and the, the better relationship those guys have, uh, the better I think it could be for the Angels. When you look at all the guys in this, you know, on this staff that are on one-year deals or in the final year of their contract, you have to look to 2022 and beyond. And Reed Detmers and Chris Rodriguez could end up being pretty critical pieces for that at the major league level. The Angels really need these guys to develop and be great. It- it's one thing to be excited about their potential. It's another to see it come to fruition, and it's starting to do the latter, which is a good thing for the Angels because it's really important for this club moving forward that these guys progress and develop um, at a higher rate. And even if that means maybe being ahead of schedule, well, then so be it. That, that might have to happen for the Angels to have success with their staff uh, moving forward. So good to hear that those guys are getting along well, that they're playing well. We also talked with Reed Detmer about, uh, Reed Detmers about his slider, which he, he got just Playing catch with Chris Rodriguez is kind of where he found that grip, and you know that's a pitch that I think could be really impactful for him moving forward. He got a big swing and miss on that uh, for his strikeout on Tuesday night in Goodyear against the Reds, and and that's a pitch that I think can make a big difference for Reed Detmers. And, and he was even saying that that wasn't necessarily his best slider, uh, but it was good enough to get a strikeout, and that can do a lot uh, for his confidence. No question about that. While we're kind of looking to the future, let's talk about the now and Albert Pools and what his role is going to be this year. I love what Albert Pujols has kind of said for this season. That his goal is to win a championship, and he doesn't care what his role is, whether that means playing on the field a ton, whether it means playing uh, first base, whether that means um, being a mentor to a lot of the young players coming through. Albert Pujols is you know, a level five guy. All he wants to do is win at this point, and I think that there's a chance for Albert to have a pretty meaningful role in a lot of different areas. I mean, Albert can still drive in runs. There's no question Question about that, but uh, from a mentorship leadership role, I mean Albert Pools just has such the right mentality that you just love to see that uh, from any player, let alone a first ballot Hall of Fame superstar like Albert Pools uh, will be in, in a couple of years when he is Hall of Fame eligible. But he and I had a conversation uh, about you know what's next for Albert and if this might be the final year for Albert Pools playing Major League Baseball. Albert, how was your off season? It looks like uh, you're in good shape once again, but uh, how are you feeling coming into this year?
5: No, I feel good. You know, just, uh, you know, same thing. I mean, nothing has changed. It's uh, hard work and try to get my, my, my body ready for a new season and, you know, obviously more time this year to rest and just uh, looking forward, you know, for a 2021 season.
2: Okay. Albert, as you're kind of looking ahead to this year, have you thought at all if, if this is going to be your last year, if you're going to play beyond this, has that been something you thought about?
5: <laughs> no, man. I mean, my main focus, man, is to focus on this year. I think that decision will come at the end of the year. I, I know just a few days ago, Diddy, you know, people ran this post that Diddy used. And I know what she was trying to say. And it's sad, you know, that everybody just had it wrong with it. And, hey, that's the – that's the life we live in, in social media, you know, people just, you know, want to run with it. Uh, at the end of the day, I told her, I don't feel bad about it. I know what she's trying to say in that post, but people they look at it differently. But, I, you know, I told Jose Mora, earlier uh, I think our fans, our organization, my friends, people that follow my career for 21 years deserve it better than just me or her posting something on Instagram, you know, and just say everybody, hey, this is my last year, you know, it's just... This thing just got blown out of proportion. I my mind's not even there. My mind is on um, staying focused, healthy, and hopefully try to win this book club. Uh, help this book club to win this year, and that's it. And if I feel at the end of the year, the year, that that's it. And you know, I announce I go home, but I'm not even there yet.
2: And last thing for me, Albert uh, Joe Madden has talked a lot about the culture in camp, and you know, Trout's talked about that too. Has this year felt any different in that sense uh, with with different guys in here? And have have you just kind of noticed any of those things, kind of just things feeling maybe a little bit differently culture wise in camp?
5: Yes, it's a lot of energy, good, positive energy, starting from the top all the way bottom, new coaches, new faces. And, you know, we've only been here for a week that we start camp and we already feel like family and just uh, great communication. And I think, you know, to accomplish what we want which is a uh, winning a championship ball club you know you have to have the trust you have to have the communication you have to have the, the 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 veteran leadership the young players and and you know feel welcome and i think that's that's what we're seeing over the the last week or so here and uh it's, it's pretty exciting it's gonna be Hopefully, uh, inside the season, we have a really good ball club, a really good mix of veteran players, young players, key pieces, you know, that were missing in this organization that were added into and uh, I'm really excited, you know, for 2021.
2: Great to hear that from Albert Pools, and we really do appreciate him uh, giving us a little bit of time uh, here for the podcast. All right, that's going to just about do it for us here on the Angels Recap Podcast. Uh, For everybody at AM830 that helps put this thing together, also to Hannah Stang, who helps out so much on the uh, Angels side, helping with the social media stuff. What a great job Angels social media has done. By the way, the videos that they are churning out, that is awesome. Make sure to get to Twitter, Instagram, uh, however you, you partake in social media. The Angels are all over the place, and they have some really cool stuff, so uh, go check that out. Uh, Some really fun videos. I like the the most recent David Fletcher, like, uh, Tranquility one. Like, I'm I'm into that, Uh, so that was uh, really good. And make sure to subscribe if you're not already, and tell your friends. You know, I'm I'm, I'm proud of the the product that we put out here on the Angels Recap Podcast. I'm excited about uh, this upcoming season, so make sure to tell your friends. I know a lot of people interested in Angels baseball these days, and uh, I think that uh, this can be a great place for them to to find some more information, kind of quench that thirst for angels baseball that we all have because it's going to be very exciting when this season uh, rolls around here in just a couple of weeks all right have a great rest of your day again my name is trent rush and this has been the angels recap podcast